And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. Eagle Whistler. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, John Daner stars as J.B. Kendall, the frontier gentleman on a Western adventure from 1958. But first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Paul must correctly answer more true or false questions about Ringo Starr than I. Lisa Wolf Hall is our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to Paul. Oh, my pleasure. Hi, Paul. Hey, Paul. How's it over there? Hey, Lisa. The pond? <laughs> oh, no. No? Hey, no. It's doing just fine, Lisa. Is it, is it Paul? You sound, uh, you sound kind of um, Irish. You don't sound English. <laughs> Can you make it more English, please? Oh, of course. Of course I could. Yes. That's yes. Pretty oh, good. that's pretty that's good. good. That's, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, okay, uh, so we're okay. going to talk Ringo Starr. Yeah. He's 83. Born wow. July 7th of 1940. Of course, Man. he was a drummer for the Beatles, amongst many other things, an actor, songwriter, musician. So let's do it. Yeah. Here is the first statement. Paul, this is for you. The Beatles were inducted as a group in 1988, but in 2015, Ringo was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. True or false? Hmm. I'm going to say... Hmm. I'm going to say that that is uh, true. I, I believe it is true. I believe it's true, too. Yeah. So we all believe together. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right, Carl. Yeah. He was the first Beatle to leave the group. He was the first Beatle to leave the group. That's false. Paul, what do you think? Uh, I'll say that's false, yeah. No, that is true. No, it isn't. Okay, so he was frustrated during the sessions with the Beatles, and in August 1968, he left the group and went for a vacation to Italy. That's how it went. Yeah, but there was Pete Best was the first Beatle that left the group, and and Ringo replaced him. That would be the best answer, yes. That would be the so best you're wrong. <laughs> well, I will double check that and get back to you. We're both uh, right. All right. Well, that. I will check that because okay. I didn't make this check up. Check that. I will. You I'll check, check it. it. I'll check it you twice. You check it there. I'll check it once and then I'll check it yeah, twice. Yeah, you do that. Paul? You know, well, Carl is the Ringo star of this show. So. <laughs> he's going he's going to record that and play that over and over <laughs> and over. Paul, Ringo was given an offer to join the Beatles in 1962. True or false? Um, I'm going to say that it wasn't that year. I'm going to say it was uh, a different year. So I'm going to say false. I say it's true. It is true. 
So he got another oh. offer from a local band called the Dominoes at the same time, but the Beatles offered him more money. Um, that was me. Here's for Paul. Carl? I'm actually beating Paul? That's really Gosh, unusual, whoa. too. What? I don't think I've ever... Well, wait. It's not over yet. Well, okay. we can end it <laughs> not now. Not over yet. We can it's end not it now. over we yet. We can just end it right I've now. I've got my money on oh, Paul. time's up. Oh. <laughs> Time. Boy, yeah, that went fast. No, I don't think so. Carl, as a child, Ringo's spleen ruptured, and he was in a coma for 10 weeks. Wow. True or false? Me? Carl. False. False? Mm-hmm. False. False. Okay. Paul? Uh, no, I thought he had appendicitis or something. That is correct. You are correct. It is false. See his appendix burst, so you are right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm still leading, though. But, but, I'm just going to stay everything that Paul says, and I'll win. No, you won't. You still have two more questions. Uh, Ring, P- Paul, Ringo spent much of his youth in hospitals. Whatever Paul says here, I'm agreeing with it. Due to pleurisy and tuberculosis. Is that true? What? Huh? Ringo spent much of his youth in hospitals due to pleurisy and tuberculosis. True or false? Uh, I'm going to say false. I think maybe just the TB, but not the pleurisy thing. You know, I have TB. Did you know that? Oh, you've got B.O. <laughs> no, I got TB. I have TB. Two bellies. All right, so what? TB or not TB? That, was- <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> what did What did Paul say? False? He said false. I say false. Well, you're both wrong. All right, we're both it's wrong. It's true. He actually did, and he learned to play the drums by drumming in a hospital band in the hospital. All right. All right, here's the final question. Okay. Oh, that's not fair, yeah, Carl. Yeah, it's fair. It's unfair. Any way to win. I'm ruthless. Well, no, because he could go the other well, way. He can on this tie. One. He can tie. All right, Carl. Yes. Ringo is right-handed, but learned to play on a left-handed drum kit. There's what's a, There's no left-handed drum kit. Yes, there are. Are there? Um. Okay, I'll say false. What okay. do you say, Paul? <laughs> well, I'll uh, I'll go the opposite way and say true. Darn it. Ah! <laughs> Darn it! It's false. Ringo is left-handed. Yeah. Yeah. Here's for Carl. Here's for Paul. Man, I uh, did pretty darn good there. What happened, Paul? I'm just, like, really bummed out. I I don't know. Up and down the aisle. I'm bummed out. I'm going to be running up and down the aisle. Oh, boy. What aisle are we speaking of? I'm going to be like, I won, I won. Which aisle are you going to be running up and down? Well, Paul, you're a great player, though. You're just not as great as I am (laughs) this week. (laughs) What's that? Say that again. I was just marching to the tune of a different drummer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Here's for me. Let's a little bit of applause there. Oh, no. Here's for Paul. Oh, no. Sorry, Paul. Oh, well. I'm so sorry. Oh, well. But he's a great player. You sure Just are. not as good as I was this week. Well, That's just all. this one time. Now, let's right. not make it Send across the board. Send you some fun CDs. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to tune into Frontier Gentlemen, starring John Daner. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. 
Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. You know, John Daner, he was in so many radio shows as a supporting actor. But he had uh, several shows that he was the star of. And John Daner was, he was just terrific. He had such a deep, you know, mellifluous voice. And he played uh, J.B. Kendall on Frontier Gentlemen. Of course, his most famous role on radio was Paladin. You know, he played Paladin and Have Gun, Will Travel. But J.B. Kendall was a reporter for the London Times newspaper. And he came to America to report on what was going on in the uh, United States in the late 1800s for his newspaper. And here in the U.S. in that time, he met Jesse James, Calamity Jane, Wild Bill Hickok, and he was uh, just as proficient with a gun as he was with a pen. Very interesting series. It only ran for one season, and I could tell you why, because it came so late, 1958, You know, there wasn't a lot of longevity on these radio shows in 1958. Great supporting players, Harry Bartell, Virginia Gregg, Stacey Harris, Joseph Kearns, Jeanette Nolan. Um, I think you'll love it. If you haven't heard uh, Frontier Gentlemen, it's really, really good. Um, This is a broadcast from June 29, 1958 called The Gambling Lady. Here's part one of Frontier Gentlemen. I met a gambler in Wyoming Territory and learned something about the terrible war between the states. Frontier Gentlemen. Here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now, starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. When I returned to Cheyenne in Wyoming Territory, I found that a new and thriving establishment had opened during my absence. I first heard of it over a drink with Carrie Chase, the editor and publisher of the Cheyenne Daily Press. We were standing at the bar in the Gold Room Saloon, and I remarked on the fact that the adjacent gambling rooms seemed unusually quiet. Been like this over a week now. Oh, any particular reason? I guess you haven't heard about Madame Verdi. No. Quite a woman. Sailed in here ten days ago, in Denver, they say. Got the biggest painted freight wagon you ever saw. And some kind of a omnibus for her to travel in. Well, I tell you, 
No lady's boudoir was ever decked out any better. And is she a medicine woman? Oh, no, no. Gambling. Set herself up near the depot. Got a big tent. Roulette, faro, anything you name. Brought in her own dealers, case keepers, spindlemen. Day after she arrived, posters went up all over town. And since then... <laughs> well, the local boys aren't very happy about it. Taking all their business, huh? Just about. What sort of woman is she? I tried to get an interview. Not much luck. Doesn't like to talk about herself. But I tell you, there's a story there. I'd like to get it. Yes, sir. Quite a woman. Mm. Mm. Pretty? Pretty and a lady. A real belle. Hmm. Madame Verdi. Is she foreign? I wouldn't say so. Why don't you go down and take a look this afternoon? I'd like to join you, but I got to get my editorial out. Maybe I'll see you later. Right. I found the tent, a huge affair, a hundred yards or so from the railroad depot. Inside, a crowd of men thronged about several tables, and I recognized a number of wealthy cattlemen whom I had met a few weeks earlier at the Cheyenne Club. Then I saw Madame Verdi. She was rather small, quite lovely, wearing a very simple white and gold gown which set off her long, jet-black hair. The effect was striking, as I was sure it was meant to be. She sat behind a small table dealing a game called 21. As I approached, she looked up, caught my eye for a moment, then returned to the game. I stood watching. Cards? Yeah, you can hit me again, ma'am. Oh, that's just fine. You, sir? I stand. Pay 21. Well, I'll be no a dirty... Sh- if you please, gentlemen. I ain't never seen such looks as uh, Buck the Tiger against Tin Horn down Abilene. And when he got through, I didn't have a tail feather left. The luck of the cards. You want to sit in, sir? Uh, well, uh... Um, There's room for another. No, no, thank you. 21 isn't exactly my game. We have roulette, barrow, dice, poker. As a matter of fact, I came to see you. <laughs> yeah, well, you ain't alone, mister. You see, there ain't nobody I'd rather lose to. You can go them out again, madam. What's your business? I'm a newspaper man. I write for the London Times. Well, you English fellas sure are filling up a territory. <laughs> it seems like there's as many of you as the Soonies here. Are we boy. playing or are we talking? Cards, gentlemen. <clears throat> uh, you can hit me now, ma'am. Uh, and again, a soft. Nice and soft. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll stay on this. Hit me. No, that ain't luck. Now, let me see them cards. Oh, now, you take it easy. Now, look here. I've been losing for better than two hours. I say that ain't luck. Now, unless you want me to shoot up this place, you just hand over that money you've been cheating me on. Put your gun away. Yes, I would if Mister, I were you. Mr. Listen, you're willing to buck out and smoke. You just keep out of this. All right, Madam Verdi, I got a thousand gold laying in front of you. Now, you just push it over and I won't no, be any... <laughs> Mister, you know, for an Englishman, you got a real likely fist there. 
Hey, look at that. He's asleep and as gentle as a dead cat. Is everything all right, ma'am? Yes, thank you, Ed. Take him outside and throw a bucket of water over Yes, ma'am. Tell Charlie to take over from me. Yes, oh, are you leaving, ma'am? For a little while. Well, I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> I still got a ways to go before I'm cleaned out. Perhaps you'll let me stand you a drink, sir. Uh, no, thank you. It's a little early for me. I'm grateful for what you did just now. But really, it wasn't necessary. He never would have left the tent alive. My boys are always on the watch for things like that. I didn't know. What do they call you? Kendall. J.B. Kendall. Will you come over to my place, Mr. Kendall? It's quieter. <laughs> well, I'm overwhelmed, Madame Verdi. I must say I've never seen anything like it. My home on wheels. I'm a traveling woman, Mr. Kendall, but I see no reason to give up my comforts. Won't you sit down? Thank you. Are you fond of birds, Mr. Kendall? I don't think I've ever thought of it one way or the other. This is my pet, Trinket. She's been with me for three years now. I don't usually talk to newspaper men. So I understand. Mr. Chase of the Cheyenne Press told me he didn't have much luck. Some newspaper men have been rather unkind. Mm. Well, I think that readers in England would be fascinated by you. What, for example, would fascinate them? The obvious. That a young and very pretty woman is running the most successful gambling establishment in Cheyenne. And she bears the somewhat unusual name, Madame Verdi. <laughs> It used to be Madame Vestal. That was in Denver. Mm. And before that? I was Mrs. Newt Hallett. My husband was an army surgeon. He died in Texas of yellow fever. Oh. After that, I tutored for a while at an Indian agency. Then I found that I possessed an uncommon skill with the cards. There now. You have my entire history. Or at least something to start with. Um... Where were you born? I think that's one thing that I don't care to tell you. Where were you reared? And that's another. <laughs> Does the sort of thing that happened before in the tent occur very often? No. Do men take advantage of you simply because you're a woman? To the contrary. I usually take advantage of that fact myself. <laughs> With dire results, I have no doubt. <laughs> Well, I imagine that you're not particularly popular at this moment with the gambling hall owners here in Cheyenne. I'm only interested in popularity, Mr. Kendall. When it fills my cash box. A woman who is not to be messed with right there, Lisa Wolf. Oh, I'm like familiar you. with that. <laughs> like you. Uh, frontier gentleman John Daner doing an outstanding job as J.B. Kendall... He was a writer for the London Times, and here he was in the the Wild West, the frontier of the 1800s. A great idea, yeah. right, for a show. Uh, this writer came across the pond, Lisa, to, uh, I don't know, I'm not doing a good uh, English accent. What's going on? No, I'm terrible at accents, so really? I'm not really? one to throw stones. I'm not good at accents. As a matter of fact, when I go to shows where they have accents, I actually even have trouble 
making out some of the words. I just don't uh, hear it well. There's certain shows on TV like um, that I won't even watch because I don't like listening to these accents. When they're very strong, I find it difficult. Yeah, I mean, the there's a lot of programs. Like, what was that big show that was uh, in the, you know, English accent? Uh, you know, that really popular one? I can't remember. But any of those shows with a really thick Irish or English accents, I won't watch it. I, I feel the same it's way. It's a pain in the neck. We need neck. some subtitles. Well, I don't like to read subtitles. I know, you don't like to read No, that's so. no fun. I don't like, <laughs> whenever there's a movie and it's got subtitles, I'm like, ugh. I'm out. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> there's so many movies to watch. Why go through that pain? Right. You know? It's pain. It's kind of a pain. You have to right? have your glasses on. You have to really ugh. focus. No thanks. But you forget about it after a little while. No Or thanks. not. No thanks. Frontier Gentlemen, we'll get back to it in a minute. I do want to remind you that the whole five-hour show, I mean, we talked about it earlier, but a lot of our stations don't carry the full five hours. Why? I have no idea. Can't even begin to imagine. Right. I don't even want to let my mind go there. Why would you not want to have the full five hours? I can't think of a reason. But some don't. So if you're in an area where you don't get the full five-hour show, why don't you uh, call your radio station, inform them, hey, you know what, get with it and carry the full five hours. But if you don't carry the full five hours, then uh, you can go to our website and uh, sign up for our podcast. We're happy to send you the full five-hour show every Monday. And we tack on radio rarities to it, so you get an extra hour. And it's sent right to your email on a link that never expires. So it's like, wow, pretty good, huh? I think it is. Yeah. But anyway, I came up with it. So. That's true. Go to Hollywood 360. That's Hollywood360radio.com. That's our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Very top of the website is all the information how to sign up. All right, we'll tune in to the conclusion to Frontier Gentlemen after this. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Look what I got here, Lisa, the... New and greatest, brightest edition of Good Old Days magazine. It's actually the September-October edition, um, and it's a cute kid with um, some jack-o'-lanterns here. Oh, on wow. It. We've got Halloween already. Yeah, Halloween Wow, coming up pretty soon. And I wrote about lights out in this particular episode. There it is, full page. You notice I got promoted. I used to have a half yes. a page. Now I'm a full page. 
<laughs> you're moving up. Moving on up. Moving you're, up. You're, you're going yeah, down. Yeah, the, what? Your grades are going down. Are Remember they? Last what week? makes you think? Remember I said you were, you were like a B plus, and then you by the end of the show, you were at D minus? Yeah. Today, I'm, I'm used today to that. Today, you backed about C, C plus. About a C, C plus. Yeah. Well, there's still time to you know, continue yeah. to get better. But I'm getting promoted. Look, lights out, right. full page. Good Old Days Magazine. Folks, if you're not familiar with Good Old Days Magazine, you're missing out. It has been around 60 years, Lisa. Look at this, 60 years, this magazine. And uh, there's a reason why this magazine's been around for 60 years, because it's outstanding. Um, Full-color magazine comes out six times a year. Each full-color 8.5 by 11 issue features Dozens of nostalgic stories, vintage photographs, home cooking recipes, which is perfect for you. Oh, yeah. Original illustrations, quizzes, vintage advertisements, much, much more. And uh, here's the greatest part about it. You can log on to our website, Hollywood360radio.com, and scroll down to the Good Old Days banner. When you do that, you can click on that banner and it takes you to a special Hollywood 360 Good Old Days page where you save a ton of money. Now, this is unbelievable, really, when you think about it. I don't know how they can do this, but they do. Two-year subscription, 12 issues, regularly $71.88. You ready? 18 bucks. 12 issues, 18 bucks. How the heck can you? I don't know. $9 don't know. a the year. paper alone, I mean. Right? Right? That's a 75% savings. If, you know, if our listeners are not subscribing to Good Old Days magazine for 18 bucks for 2 years, and what a great gift that would it's be. It's a great for a gift. Birthday and anniversary. I get this for my mom, I get it for myself. Um I used to spring and get you and Mike issues. Um I think it's time for a new issues. I think I got to get some new ones. I think I can do it. 36 bucks, I can do it. Well, Times two, because Mike and I don't no, it's live eighteen in the same times house. two is thirty six. Oh, right, that's what I mean. Right, yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's a great it's a great magazine, folks, and um, they just do a terrific job. Annie's Publications put this out. Kathy Lynch, who we have on every uh, few uh, months or so, she's the uh, editor in chief. She does a great job. The magazine's amazing. I love it. I can't wait when it comes in my mail. I'm like, woo, my good old days magazine. Um, so do that, folks. Go to Hollywood360radio.com, click on the Good Old Days banner, and save a whopping 75%. Get two-year subscription for only $18. Wow. It is a bargain. Yeah, it really is. And uh, you'll love you'll love the magazine. All right, we're listening to Frontier Gentlemen, starring John Daner, June 29, 1958. This is called The Gambling Lady Here's the conclusion. I stayed on for another ten minutes odd and learned very little more beyond the fact that the full name she now used was Lurline Monteverdi. Highly theatrical, she knew, but felt it was part of her work. When I once again attempted to probe into her past, she excused herself rather abruptly and returned to the big gambling tent. I walked over to Carrie Chase's office and told him about the interview. It wasn't until later that I learned what was taking place at that same moment in a room behind the Silver Dollar Saloon. Several men were present, and their faces were grim. They were listening to the Silver Dollar's owner, a man named Jonas Root. Now, boys, 
Boys, I call this here meeting because we're all up against the same trouble. That trouble being one calico queen named uh, Madame Verdi. Now, there ain't, ain't, ain't no call now for us to keep on trying to cut each other's throats to get customers for our places. Because she's got them all. That's the way it sits. Now, boys, here's what I figure. What we need now is an association of gambling parlor owners. Which association is made up of all of us here in this room. And we got a purpose. Which purpose is to get rid of said calico queen named Madame Verde. All right, now lay off your tongue all, Jonas. We know that. <laughs> you said you got it figured out how to do it. Now get yeah, on with it. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. All right, right. I got it whipped, I think. Now, all of you may be wondering who this here fella is I got sitting by yeah, me. Yeah, well, who is he? He calls himself Jack Woolcott. Now, he's got something to say to you. Well, you see, it's this way. I just got robbed up to that Madame Verdi. She took me for a thousand and twenty-one, and when I caught her dealing off the bottom of the deck, she had a boy jump me. Well, they sure made a mess out of your face, mister. Well, I aim to make them pay for it. Now, now, fellas, we don't want no crooked gambling from no she-gouger in Cheyenne. And there's something else. I've been doing some inquiring these past days since you've been here. Now, I found out... Yes, sir, I found out something's going to get Fancy Nelly run plumb out of here. Jonas, will you hear the talk? Now, what do you know? Madam Verdi's real name was Belle Siddons. Belle Siddons? You mean Belle Siddons? Yeah, you know the name, Soapy. She's that Confederate spy, Belle Siddons? She is the same. Well, I was on guard duty in Grant Street Prison back in St. Louis when they brought her in. Boys! That's that red woman got Grant's troops cut off. Joe, Finch, uh, Big Al, you remember the raid on the Memphis and Mobile Railroad, don't you? All right, now, I say that what we got to do is pay a call tonight on Madame Belle Siddons' verdict. And we'll ask her nice and polite to roll her wheels out of Cheyenne. Yeah, I agree, but supposing she says no. Well, then maybe we ain't so polite. Maybe then we take her out riding under a cottonwood limb. That's In a moment, we return to Frontier, gentlemen. You hear a lot about America's new leisure these days, but take a look at almost anybody's weekend, including your own, and you'll find everybody busier than ever at all sorts of projects and outdoor activities. Everywhere, things are humming, and everywhere, you'll find most everybody adding a pleasant new dimension to their activities with a radio nearby. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're in touch with the whole world with CBS Radio's many regular news broadcasts scheduled every weekend. In addition, with a whole CBS News staff around the world constantly on the alert for any unusual developments, you can count on immediate and comprehensive reports, whatever the hour, in case of any critical news flash. Keep up with the world with the regular CBS News broadcasts every weekend on CBS Radio. And now we return you to the Anthony Ellis production of Frontier Gentlemen. <laughs> Now, 
neither Chase nor I had any idea what was brewing among the members of the newly formed Association of Gambling Parlor Owners. I sent a message to Madame Verdi, asking her to dine with me at the Rollins' house that night. You know, I didn't think you would. Join you for dinner? Why not? I don't know. Perhaps you strike me as the type of woman who never allows pleasure to interfere with business and that there's only room for business in your life. As a rule, yes. Well, I'm flattered that you make an exception tonight. I'm curious about you, Mr. Kendall. Oh? Uh-huh. You're not the type of man I would expect to find as a newspaper correspondent. <laughs> Is there a type? I think you know what I mean. I'm not sure that I do. The way you managed that man this afternoon, something tells me that you could have done quite as well with a gun. Oh. Well, I've learned a little since coming to the West. (laughs) And what did you do before coming here? A little of everything. You don't like to talk about yourself? There's not much to tell. Really. I was in the army in India. Spent five years there. Went home to England... And I didn't find it home anymore, so I got a job through a friend of mine who works on the London Times. I send back articles on life in the American West. They buy them from me. I've met Englishmen who sound a great deal more English than you do. It's quite possible. I haven't cultivated the accent for some time now. You sound bitter. What happened in England? I didn't say anything happened. You didn't have to. <laughs> must be your card sense that gives you an insight into a man's thoughts. I'm seldom wrong. That's why I sit on the other side of the table. You see? It's so easy to ask questions. Not always as simple to answer them, <laughs> is it? No. Will you have more champagne? Please. If I were asked to gamble on it, I'd say there was a woman in England. You'd be half right. You look so stern, Mr. Kendall. Don't worry. There'll be another. There always is. Did you find another man after your husband died? No. But I imagine I will. You find me terribly callous? Mm, Not at all. Refreshingly honest. I'm afraid I shall have to be going back to the tent now. I'll take you. I've enjoyed myself very much, Mr. Kendall. So have I. Have you any money? Well, a little, yes. If you decide to play roulette, I suggest that you bet on the black. Up to a thousand dollar payoff, it can be quite lucky. (laughs) Thank you, no. When I gamble, I'll take my own chances. It was a fine evening, and instead of taking the carriage she had hired, we walked toward her place. Neither of us spoke much. We had come to the end of the street when we saw the group of men waiting outside the big tent. They turned as we approached and walked toward us. I felt a sinking sensation in my stomach as I recognized one of them, the man I had hit that afternoon. All of them were armed. Good evening, Madam Verdi. Good evening, gentlemen. Waiting to try your luck with me? Well, I'll tell you, ma'am, we're... We're waiting to talk to you. In private. That fellow, he's with her. He's one of them that pistol whipped me. He's a shill. Let's go inside the tent, gentlemen. I'll buy you a drink. No. We'll do our talking out here. Jason, will you get on with it? Ma'am, we represent the Cheyenne Association of Gambling Parlor Owners. You ain't a member. 
No, I'm not. And we got a complaint that you're not running your games clean. The association don't like that. So we took a vote, and we agreed that you got to be out of this here town come morning. Where did you hear that Madame Verdi runs a crooked game? From him? Yeah, from me. Besides which, she ain't no Madame Verdi. I know you. Maybe you don't remember me, but I seen you, Bell Siddons, when they brought you to the St. Louis prison in chains. We don't want no Confederate spies in Cheyenne. I don't know anything about that, but she wasn't cheating. Your friend here decided he couldn't afford to lose anymore, so he drew his gun on the lady and tried to get it back. I hit him. That's all there was to it. You're a liar. And if I don't choose to leave? You ain't got no choice, Belle. You get, or you're going to find yourself looking through cottonwood leaves, which is what should have happened to you anyway. That's the way we handle your kind around here. Uh, There won't be any need for that. Miss Siddons is going to be sensible, ain't you, ma'am? There's a lot of folks in Cheyenne might not take kindly to you being a Confederate spy and everything. Might even take matters out of our hands if they found out. You gentlemen seem to be holding the cards. That's the way to look at it. Hey, Kendall. Who's that? The newspaper fella, Chase. I thought that was you. Evening, ma'am. Evening. Oh, how are you, Root? Boys, <laughs> you come over to see how she does it. I hear your places aren't making out so well. I thought I'd take a spin at the roulette table, Madam Verdi. I should be honored, Mr. Chase. Why don't we all go in together? No, no, I got to be getting back to the silver dollar. You won't forget our, uh, our little deal, will you, ma'am? No, I won't. went into the tent. She was tight-lipped, pale. Four hours later, at exactly two o'clock, she called a halt to the play and the tent was cleared. Chase, flushed with whiskey he had taken and the hundred dollars he had won, joined me at her table. (laughs) A fine evening, ma'am. You're a credit to Cheyenne. You run a square game, and I'm going to say so in my next editorial. Thank you, Mr. Chase, but you needn't bother. I'm leaving in the morning. Oh, now you can't. You can't do that. I'll be heading for Deadwood. Why, ma'am, you could spend the rest of your life around here. I'm afraid not. Well, sure you can. Isn't that so, Kendall? No, that ain't so. She's getting out. But before she does, she's giving me back that thousand. Ain't you, Madam Verdi? I very much doubt it. Go away now, before you get into more trouble. You keep out of this, mister. I'm talking to the lady. How about it, Madam Verdi? You lost fairly. And I say I was cheated. You know, folks in Cheyenne can do a lot of damage this place. Maybe to you if they found out about certain things. Get out. I will, when I get my money. What's it all about? What? Oh, he doesn't know, huh? Well, Mr. Chase, you can print it in your paper. Print what? Well, do I get it? Yes. No. No, it doesn't matter. Let him talk. The war's over. People won't mind. People do mind, Mr. Kendall. I'm afraid they're going to go on minding for a long time. I wish somebody would tell me what people will talk about. Ask her. You're a scummy little rat. Maybe... But I was a rat that fought for the Union. I wasn't a stinking... Shut up. 
did you do that? Don't try. Here's your money. What's the matter, mister? You scared to draw? Just waiting for you. You're the one who's going to do the killing, remember? Belson! Dirty, stinking confederates! Bye! Belson's? Yes. Oh. I'm sorry you had to do that, Mr. Kendall. I am too. I'll be gone in the morning. Thank you for your friendship. Why not stay? Mr. Chase... I think she better go. Thanks to Miss Siddons, I lost my brother in the Memphis Mobile raid. I'll wait for you outside, Kendall. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Jeannie Bates, Lawrence Dobkin, Stacey Harris, Harry Bartell, and Jack Crucian. Join us again next week for another report from The Frontier Gentlemen. Bud Sewell speaking. Frontier Gentlemen, right off the CBS master transcription of that show. Um, great episode called The Gambling Lady, starring John Daner. And pretty much anything John Daner was on was a top-quality production. You had a whole, um, you know, great producers, writers, directors. That show was top-notch CBS production. June 29, 1958, and as I said earlier, the only reason why this only lasted one season is it came so late. 1958, people were really, they were really enamored with television sure. by this point, right? I mean, you know, TV hit um, most homes around 50, 51. And by 1958, they were just not listening to dramatic radio, unfortunately. But that's why you have us. That's right. That's why exactly you have Lisa, Mike, and Carl because, and I'm talking about myself in a third person here. Yes, I know. Stan Freeberg used to do that all the time. Did I tell you that? Yeah. Stan Freeberg, he was so great. I loved him so much. He was such a great man. Um, and not only talented, just a great guy. But every time I would be hang out with him, he'd say, I'd say, well, you want to go to here? He'd go, well, I don't know. Freeberg really doesn't want to, you know, go there. Let's, um, let's think. I think Freeberg would rather go here. Yeah. Um, so I'm talking about myself the same I, way. I'm learning from the best. So Mike, Lisa, and Carl, right? Right. What does Carl want? Um, we want to keep these classic radio shows alive and playing them in the best quality. Right. That's the thing. When we air these shows or we sell the shows on our club, whatever we do, we want these to be the greatest quality possible so you the listener can best enjoy them. And that's why we have a club 
called the Classic Radio Club. And everything in the Classic Radio Club is a is a recording that is direct from the master. We don't mess around with the club. You get the best quality. So when you join the Classic Radio Club, you are going to get incredible sound every month. Ten shows on five CDs or via digital download. You get a great booklet that uh, I write along with Carl Shadow. There's pictures of the stars, and uh, it's quite a nice little presentation. We try really hard. We really want to please our Classic Radio Club members. And to learn all about it, just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. ClassicRadioClub.com. Time for this month in music history. That's right, Carl. We are moving through the 1980s, and uh, this hour going to 1981. Jenny had a friend. Jesse. Oh, Jesse. <laughs> You're thinking of Jenny. Yeah. Jesse had a Jessie. friend. This is Jesse's girl. <laughs> Not Jenny had a friend. I'm trying to think who this is. Is this um, something Springfield or something? Yeah. What's his name? Rick. Rick Springfield. Rick. Yeah. I can see him in my mind right now, you know? Rick or Rick Springfield? Rick Springfield, like playing the guitar, you know what I mean? Yep. Did you ever Jesse's have girl. that feeling, you know, when he's, he's kind of lusting after his Jesse's friend's girl. girlfriend? Have you ever been in that Not situation? Not me, no, no. no. No, I never did. Gotcha. No. I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boyfriend. Okay. Yeah, of I, course. Uh. Yeah? Of course. Well, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, I'm always I mean, happy for sense. my... Like, if my friends have a really good-looking girlfriend, I mean, I'm really happy I'm for them. in the younger years. Yeah. You know, you meet your best sure. friend's boyfriend. You're at, you go, the, you go, uh, <laughs> you're at the discotheque. At the disco, at the roller at the, rink. the roller rink. <laughs> and you go, hmm, he's not bad. <laughs> All right, thanks, Lisa Wolf. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Look what I did for you, Lisa. Look what, what we're what playing in the next hour. Your favorite show, My Favorite Husband. That is my with favorite Lucille show. Lucille Ball. It's a goodie. Am I nice or um, am I nice? Um, sometimes naughty, sometimes You know what I nice. should have done? I should have played My Favorite Husband for you and then Johnny Dollar in the next hour for Mike. Well, you'll get to it. And then Boston Blackie in the next hour for me. That's what I should do. All right. All right. Next hour, Liz Cooper. Uh, Lucille Ball plays Liz Cooper in My Favorite Husband from 1949. But we're going to need a caller. We sure do. Let's have some fun. Name that tune. It's all Beatles. Wow. Beatles. Beatles. So we need you to give us a call at 312-642-5600. We're looking for caller 10. Play the game. Have some fun with Beatles. Yeah, you can't beat the Beatles. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform. 